All right, so we're back. So let's get into the first story right here. Any written comments that have been submitted will be posted and made available for aldermanic review. Our first speaker today is Fred Sau. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Fred Saub, Senior Policy Counsel with the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. I want to start my comments with a quote from the last special meeting on November 2nd. Quote, Sanctuary City or Welcoming Ordinance says nothing about we have to provide services and goods. Sanctuary City, all it says is the City of Chicago will not cooperate or organize with the federal government to detain people to, detain people to be deported, end quote. This statement was made by one of, the, one of the council members who's trying to repeal our welcoming city ordinance and undermine Chicago's status as a sanctuary city. Now, our city is facing challenges with the migrants who, have, who are being sent here by cynical border state governors and others. Yet here we are again, um, in, you know, instead targeting the welcoming city ordinance, which in the alderman's own words, has nothing to do with these challenges. The Welcoming City Ordinance and its precursor executive orders have enabled hundreds of thousands of Chicago residents and their families to live in this city, raise their families, go to school, start businesses, make lives for themselves, and create positive relationships with city government. Immigrant advocates and allies, like myself, have worked too hard over the several decades and through six mayoral administrations to win and strengthen these protections. Again, this ordinance has nothing to do with whether or how the city provides shelter and care for the migrants being, being sent to Chicago. And repealing the ordinance will do nothing to stop the buses from coming, to, from coming or end the, end the need that the migrants present. At best, these moves to undermine the welcoming city ordinance are the result of confusion and misdirection. At worst, they are cynical ploys that are feeding on fear and resentment, turning neighbors and communities against each other and dividing our city. They play into the hands of Greg Abbott, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, and everyone else who would like nothing more than to undo the progress the city has made and can make if we focus all with absolutely no assurance that the buses will stop if we throw all of these hard-won gains away. If we fall into this trap, shame on us. Our city is better than that. Instead of being distracted by questions that have nothing to do with the real problems the city faces, we need to come together to address not just the immediate challenges of the migrants, but also our long, sad history of inequality and disinvestment in our community. No matter when or how someone arrives in the city, everyone belongs here and everyone should feel welcome and be treated with dignity and respect. The fact is, is uh, it does matter and you have to have these people come into this country legally. Your city is about to be a war zone and you still haven't woken up. And anybody who needs help should be able to get help no matter where they live or when they got here. Thank you very much for your comments. Our next, our next speaker, please. Our next speaker is Miwa Simokawa. My name, my name is Miwa Shimokogawa, and I'm with Asian Americans Advancing Justice Chicago and ICER. The, the welcoming city, the welcoming city ordinance safer. It provides, it provides reassurance to immigrant communities that we can seek police protection and city services without fear. Repealing the welcoming ordinance would make Chicago's immigrant population and all residents less safe. It will sow further mistrust between communities, communities of color and police. Meanwhile, it will do nothing 
to stop the buses from the southern border from coming. Indeed, the people arriving on the buses as parolees, asylum applicants, or people with temporarily protected status are shielded from deportation. Undoing the welcoming ordinance won't affect them, but will affect the thousands of undocumented people and their families who now live in this city. Trying to end the welcoming city ordinance is saying that we don't want, we don't want some of our neighbors here because of where they were born. That is the text example of xenophobia. Don't you guys have a problem with Asian hate crimes? Hmm? I don't, I don't get it with the, with the Asian community. Not all Asians, but you see how it worked out with uh, trying to repeal affirmative action. And now you guys are struggling and crying to get your kids into these Ivy League colleges because you took away the only thing that kept white supremacy at bay. And it's like some of they want to have, you want to have these immigrants here, regardless of their, of their status, if they're legal or illegal. You see them committing crimes. MS-13, some of them are recruiting into their gangs. And you're just so blind to see it. Just so blind. You're just talking like this is a positive thing. I don't get these people. Attacking one set of our Chicago residents based on their country of origin does not equate to fighting for resources for, resources for anyone. We achieve nothing through division. We must unite on a, sh on a shared agenda for prosperity for all. As, as we... As we, as we saw, as we saw when the council passed the city budget last month, we can work together to win resources for all communities. So let's unite against hate and division. Let's unite in support of the welcoming ordinance and for care and resources for all. Thank you. Gosh, she's booing that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> At least that person has sense. Very few people in this crowd understand what's going on. Very few. Don't get me started on these sleeper cells we have in America now that the CIA can't account for. It's going to be an interesting couple of years. That's what I'm going to say. Thank, Thank you very you much for your comments. Speaker, please come back to order. I would respectfully ask that you remain silent while the person delivers her comments. If you wish to applaud, otherwise, wait to the end of the. I don't get that. They're they're applauding. Yay! Yay! Come over here. Resources are scarce, but come over here. We don't care if you come here illegally. Yay! New York City right now, the food pantries are taken over by migrants. Poor and hungry New Yorkers can't get food because the migrants are taking over and taking all the food. That's the same thing that's going to happen to Chicago. And unfortunately, it's a hard, these blue states, unfortunately, it's going to be a hard wake-up call for them to understand what's going on. It's, it's just sad and stupid. It's just dumb. I don't, why do people not use their brains anymore? I don't get it. Their presentation, please. Next speaker, please, Mr. Clark. Our next speaker is Claudia Marchin. Get ready to hear some nonsense here. Get ready to hear it. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Claudia Marchan. I'm the executive director of Northern Illinois Justice for Our Neighbors, an immigrant justice organization that provides free immigration legal services to all immigrants who need them throughout Chicago and Northern Illinois. I'm also here with ICER. We also fought really hard with our leaders and our volunteers to make Chicago a sanctuary city and Illinois a welcoming state. I am an immigrant myself. I you fought hard to make your city, well, the city, not really your city, because uh, you're going to hear more about this. You fought hard to make this city be a war zone in the next couple of years. You fought hard to have criminals and all types of psychos come over 
the border. That's what you fought for. I hope you remember these words. Came to the United States at the age of four, was undocumented for 26 years and documented for nine years. Total of 35 years. As you can imagine, 35 years is a long, long, long time to live in the shadows. This is why sanctuary city status is so important to my family as it kept us together for an uncertain 35 years. Sanctuary city status provides- She was illegal for 26 years in this country. Why they didn't throw her out? I don't know. Protections for our current clients at Justice for Our Neighbors. It protects uh, them from racial, profi racial profiling, from being surveilled and tracked due to their immigration status. Sanctuary status has meant that our clients do not have to be afraid of reporting crime to the police because of their immigration status. Sanctuary city status has meant that undocumented individuals, documented individuals, all immigrants and BIPAC communities are able to walk around our city feeling safe and protected. I urge the alders representing their communities here today to be honest about what being a sanctuary city really means for Chicago. It means that we do not and will not accept for BIPOC communities and immigrant communities to be mistreated because of our skin color. I urge alders once again to do the right thing today and protect. But your, but your ethnic group can treat blacks horribly because of their skin color, especially in warehouse jobs and other jobs. She's not saying that. There is no black and brown coalition. Plus her people are gonna be taking away all the unskilled labor jobs. And many blacks, many blacks right now are being forced out of construction because the immigrant migrants will work for cheap labor and employers don't wanna pay full price for a, a natural born citizen here. So you, you already know where this is gonna go. The communities that they represent because challenging the ordinance will affect all communities and make Illinois unsafe for all. They're getting all the claps, getting all the claps, all the applause. They don't care. Thank, thank you very much for your comments. Our next speaker is George Blakemore. anti-immigrant, illegal, call ice, send them all back, waiting across the Rio Grande for, and, and don't uh, obey our immigration and naturalization laws. And watch my minutes, because you should have it up here and over here, because they steal my minutes. We are the only people in America that was enslaved in America. We are not immigrants. We are not migrants. We belong. Listen! Listen, we are the only people enslaved in America. We didn't come over waiting and looking for something. And when we came over, we did work. But it was free labor that built this country. Black labor that built this country. White power. And to see another group come over here, it's disgraceful. It is un-American. And these rules that you have, the rule, who made these rules? When did our ultimate vote for these rules? When did the people have time to, to participate in making these rules? And one of you all came over to me, Mr. Blakemore, we got little children. What about the black children in the ghetto? We gotta make a future for them. These others will move them out. Move us out and they come in to, to compete with jobs, goods, and contracts and services. The historian Carl Addison say that they have a negative effect on the black community. Reading, reading is fundamental. I don't have to love nobody but me. Self-preservation is the first law of nature. And these black ultimates, I urge you to vote no. Uh, because aren't you black? Aren't you black? I understand what he's saying, but he took the, 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 the blacks have spent way too many years voting Democrat 
just bowing down to any foolish policy that the Democrats feel they could roll out. And now black Americans really don't have any power, especially in Chicago. They will roll over them and uh, get what they want. You saw what happened with uh, Nuna Martinez, how she basically just took all the seats that would give blacks their resources in Chicago, in, uh, in California, all right, and gave it all to the Hispanic community. Pretty much politically, black Americans are done in this country. Very little power to change anything. It's best to stock up food, water, and supplies. Learn a, learn a couple of skills to survive, to make yourself be able to make money in these hard times that are coming ahead. That's about it. Don't you live back? Have you experienced the, the suffering that our people have gone through and still going through it? Having another group to come up in line and get in front of us. You, you got the right one on this mic. You got the right one, Mr. Blakemore. We got children here. Now you be respectful. I am respectful and I'm advocating for the black children because you all trying to gentle for us out and you in for jobs, goods, contracts, and service. Who do you think I am, or who are you? Who, if they clap, I can say boo. Uh, if they clap again, I can say boo. I'm strictly advocating for black people and call ice on them. Trump, come in here. Clean this mess up. Trump's probably not gonna do that. Trump is a Zionist. Like I said, black people have been just following the trend of vote blue no matter who for way too long. It's pretty much too late. Pretty much done for. Sad save affairs. But it's pretty much a, uh, a done deal. And they are making it so. They're doing this too. Story, big developments at a special Chicago City Council meeting moments ago, while several aldermen were hoping to have a vote on the sanctuary city status, that vote has been delayed. Here's what happened. Allies of the mayor blocked any debate and suspended their rules, leading to no more debate for the day, and the aldermen will not vote on the issue today. Before the meeting ended, people talk about the issue. Trying to end the welcoming city ordinance is saying that we don't, want, we don't want some of our neighbors here because of where they were born. And anybody who needs help should be able to get help, no matter where they live or when they got here. People have waited years to come in here legally, not just transported on these buses, dropped off in our neighborhoods. All the Welcoming City Ordinance is giving me and thousands of other immigrants in Chicago is a chance to live without fear that my immigration status alone would be a reason for the police or another city employee to call ICE and have me picked up. You may remember there was an attempt to have this special meeting last month. A confrontation between council members happening outside of chambers caused that meeting to eventually be cleared out. But again, moments ago, the council announced that it will not act on the sanctuary city status much more. They want those votes. That's what they want. They want those votes no matter what. They want Joe Biden in office, and that's why they're pulling all this nonsense. Even when it comes to this, what happened to this NAACP leader right here? Guess what they did to her when she uh, decided to have an honest opinion?
on a start, actually. The leader of the Illinois NAACP is facing mounting pressure to step down. That is after her remarks surfaced that she made about migrants receiving state and city services. CBS 2's Andrew Ramos is live in the newsroom with this growing controversy. Andrew. Well, Jim and Marie, those remarks were made back in October by NAACP State Conference President Teresa Haley, where during a Zoom call with other state leaders, she called migrants savages and rapists. And it's led to at least one former branch president to call for her dismissal. Black people have been on the streets forever and ever, and nobody cares. Addressing NAACP. Here's the thing. They're not telling you about what the, the type of crimes these migrants commit when they come over here. They're not telling you that. These illegal migrants. Is she wrong? Is she wrong? I don't think so. State leadership on a call in the fall. State Conference President Teresa Haley talks about equity, outlining how arriving migrants have received services in the state that she says have never been offered to black people. These immigrants have come over here. They've been raping people. They've been breaking into homes. They're like savages as well. They don't speak the language and they look at us like we were crazy because we were the only people in America who were brought over here against our wills and were slaves. I was horrified when I heard these statements. Patrick Watson, the as we have here, we have a sellout who's willing to just bow down to the, the plantation of the Democrat slave masters and just be like, I was horrified to hear the truth of what she's saying. But because I want my paycheck, I'm going to stand with my masters. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand with Massa. I'm going to make sure she resigns and get that good pat on the head and my buttermilk biscuits. That's basically what he wants. And this is why it's very hard for a lot of black people to see about, you know, go with FBA or to stand to fight for reparations because you will have this happening. You will have backstabbers in the community. That's what you will have. That's why you can't take these movements seriously, especially the NAACP, which was supposed to be for black people. It's supposed to be, but we all know who owns them. The former president of the DuPage County NAACP chapter who released the recording said he resigned from his post in protest of Haley's remarks, and he is now among the loudest voices calling for her resignation. This was an organization that was founded to combat the very things that she said. Those are things that were said about black people. I'm trying not to be, a, but you know I'm pro-black, so it's all about it's all about us. But the thing is, it's like if this organization is for black people. Why aren't you helping black people? Check out what she's saying. Is it wrong? And be honest. Okay. And if you can't, then she's right. She is right. But like I said, you can never have um, blacks to actually fight white supremacy because you'll always have those among the black community, especially among black Americans, that will kowtow to white supremacy. And white supremacy is not just on the Republican side, it's on the Democrat side too, as you're seeing right now. People. Haley's remarks even got a response from Governor Pritzker. The comments are reprehensible. According to Watson, those comments got little to no traction behind the scenes of the historic civil rights organization. Telling CBS2, he alerted NAACP national headquarters but no action has yet been taken. Civil rights movement was really just a integration operation, a communist movement to get blacks further under white supremacy and not to be able to be independent, have their own businesses, be entrepreneurs, to have their own, to be a, a group that is able to uh, practice group economics like you see with Hispanics, the Indians, the Asians, the Italians, okay? You don't have that with 
African Americans because this communist Rothschild New World Order civil rights movement was what hindered blacks from having that. Before the civil rights movement, and this is why a lot of people hated Martin Luther King, blacks had their own bus lines, bus companies, stores, okay? Every they had their, you know, their towns had everything for themselves. But that Boule Freemason sellout, Martin Luther King, came along and he destroyed that. That's what he did. But a lot of people do not see. This is why when I see, when I heard about his uh, Martin Luther King's house being, you know, childhood home being burnt down, it's like, well, who knows? Maybe she found out the truth about it. I don't agree with the crime. All right. But I would understand why someone would do that. Because possibly, maybe, maybe they found out the truth about Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was Obama before there was Obama. In fact, his former branch, the DuPage County NAACP, held a vote Tuesday night approving to promote Haley to the National Board of Directors. You know, anyone that is a member there or lends their presence to that, do you agree with the statements that President Haley gave? Because that's what they voted on last night. Now, CBS2 made numerous. I agree. And he should be agreeing as an African-American. I'm I'm West Indian black man, and I I agree with everything Miss Haley said because you can look up the facts for yourself. All right. She's not lying. And it's sad that she's the one leading a charge saying this. And a black African American man seen in this video. It once again is kneeling to white supremacy. It really is a problem. But this is the wrap up. So we're going to talk about uh, Clarissa Shields now and why feminism is toxic. Second. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh. This is the woman who's been saying she could fight male boxers. She's been say saying that for years. Now this comes out. I thought she, I thought. Hey man, I, I thought she was uh, she was tough like that. Was she humble? Was she humble? I don't think so. I don't think so. Next time I see you, you can you can put your dukes up because I'm gonna punch the out your ass because whenever I see you in person, you bow down and you be respectful. She's crazy. I really be thinking sometimes with these contact sports, football and boxing, you MMA, CTA scan CTE scans need to be done. If a person's attitude really changes from what they used to be. Prior to the sport. And maybe that's what's happened to her. That she thinks she could fight men now. All right. People think you're sexist. No, 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 no. Our, the male brain is different from the female brain. The male skeletal system is different from the female skeletal system. We 
are, are worlds apart. We are not equals, okay? And for a woman to want to fight a man, you can't be trying to look cute. Your body has to change. She does not have, she does not, her body does not show that she was willing to work on that to get to that level. Okay. Her arms are not that muscular to do so. You want to fight men? I, I'm against it. I'm against it. But if you want to fight men, you have to be working out bodybuilding, running. There was a woman I saw in uh, who did uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And she is huge, muscular. Forgot her name. But that woman right there that I saw, that I'm describing, basically, she looks like a bodybuilder. And possibly, possibly could take down a male boxer. There's the question if she's on roids, but that is a person I could see possibly trying to take down a male boxer. Clarissa Shields, no. No, no, no. That's period. But then you want to come to my inbox talking about somebody hating on you. You don't, you don't flatter yourself. Is you stupid? <laughs> hating on Roly. You sound stupid. You sound dumb. You is dumb. You dumb. You better keep talking to them TMT getting your and getting your contract and your fights together and keep getting them easy fights where they're gonna give you the like give you the fight because one thing's one thing's one thing is this. Whether it's strong or not, I don't lose. I can I can guarantee you that Savannah Marshall can whoop Rolly's ass. <laughs> Shakur gonna whoop Rolly's ass. Devin Haney gonna whoop Rolly's ass. Tia Fimo gonna whoop Rolly's ass. Ryan Garcia gonna whoop Rolly's ass. So Rolly, while your punk ass came uh, came to my inbox, I will square up with you and whoop your ass. <laughs> literally. I will come to TMT Gym and put my and literally put my hands on you. I will embarrass you with all that power you got. I will embarrass you, look. You sound stupid. And then you want to post the video. Nigga, you not defending me up in my honor about some shit that happened five years ago. You knocked out a bum. Congratulations. Congratulations. Now I want to see what you're going to do with your boxing career. She's talking all this mess after getting knocked down. Delusion, man. Delusion. All right, man. talk about these passport bros right now no second Family is working to find answers this after they say their loved one was kidnapped and killed in Colombia. The tragedy is also sending shockwaves through the local Hmong community. Our Pauline Lee joins us live in the newsroom with what we know so far. Pauline? It's definitely a devastating loss. Tu Zhang was a well-known local artist as well as an activist. He founded Hmong Minnesota Day at the Minnesota State Fair in 2015, also won a number of awards for his work to close the racial divide. His family is calling his death indescribable. A local Colombian newspaper reported Zhang was taken while out on a date and the kidnappers demanded a ransom. It also says his body was found earlier this week on Monday. Born in Laos, he and his family fled to the United States after the Vietnam War. He also graduated valedictorian from Humboldt High School and received his degree from Carleton College. In a statement on social media, his brother says Zhang dedicated his life to building bridges across cultures, giving a voice to those who may not have one, and worked towards justice for all. Senator Amy Klobuchar also released a statement saying Tuzier was an incredible person who was constantly working to uplift his community. She also adds her office is working to bring his body back to Minnesota.
Former Bush Foundation fellow kidnapped and murdered in Colombia after being lured by a female fatal, says police. The tragic killing follows several incidents in which Americans have been kidnapped in a South American country. Former Bush Foundation fellow turned comedian was lured, kidnapped, and murdered in Colombia after being lured by unidentified female fatales, according to local police. Torgo Zhang, known by many in the Twin Cities of Hong Kong community as an activist, was photographed smiling with an unidentified redhead while having dinner at a Korean restaurant in Medellin on October 20th. Hmong people, the Hmong people are, are an indigenous people from East and Southeast Asia. There is a large community of about 300,000 Hmong immigrants in, the, immigrants in the U.S. This is Korean food with my girl, the 50-year-old said in a Facebook video, showing off his dinner before panning to redhead who was smiling. She was also, she also has a small but distinctive tattoo reading, never give up on across her neck underneath her chin. Service at the Korean told the New York Post, they remember seeing Zeyoung having dinner with the redhead stunner before he disappeared. Police have said, however, there have no evidence that the redhead is involved in Zeyoung's disappearance, which is known, however, is that, what is known, however, is that Zeyoung returned to Medellin earlier this month from the United States after he boasted to his friend he was meeting a woman he was talking to online, perhaps not coincidentally, actually made a strange prediction on Facebook last year while sitting beside two women, two of them in a photo. In the event I get kidnapped, don't look for me. I'm happy. Police have said nothing about who they believe is responsible for luring the comedian to a kidnap scenario. Only they arrested a female suspect after reviewing photos on Zong's mobile phone. According to the Post, Zong called his roommate at 7 p.m. local time on December 10th and said a group of men had him at gunpoint in Colombia and kidnapped him. The group has since demanded $2,000 in ransom for his release, according to El Colombiano. The Colombian newspaper reported that the ransom exchange never happened. However, Zong was later discovered murdered in a ravine, stabbed with multiple stab wounds and blunt force trauma. Zong's brother, E. Zong, 56, told the New York Post his brother exchanged messages with a female several times and was planned to have a date. He had been in contact with this woman before and she was part of the new friends he made on his trip down there. The brother said from his uh, from his brother's fatal trip, the brother also told the Minneapolis-based Star Tribune his brother was aware about the crime rate in Columbia and the risk of abduction. ADN had reported on several Americans being kidnapped along the Colombian and Venezuelan border, including Los Angeles public defender Evelyn Hernandez, who was hooded and kidnapped by a Venezuelan paramilitary group. The Los Angeles attorney was reportedly on vacation in Colombia in in, to the beach hop to different resort destinations with a group of friends. When one of his Venezuelan friends said she needed to go to a town on the Colombia-Venezuela border to have her passport stamped, her, he accompanied her to Cacacuta. Cacuta is a small Colombian municipality municipality in the department, state, or province of Norte de Santander. He is now being used as a pawn in a potential prisoner exchange by the Maduro regime in what many suspect is an effort to help strip U.S. sanctions or obtain other concessions. Tour Guizong's brother says he was aware in the spike of Colombian kidnappings. He was aware of it, but he's one of those people who only assumes the best in people. He said, it's almost like a second home. He loved it there. Still, the communion was born in Laos in 1973, enjoyed frequently frequenting the South American country, and developed friendships and a second life there, he said. According to the, the Bush Foundation, Young shared his personal stories across the country to build cultural competency and address racial discrimination in 2019 when he was named a fellow. His hometown of Woodbury, Minnesota, has been mourning his loss and his family is making efforts to communicate and cooperate with Colombian law enforcement agents. Zong became a popular popular in the Hmong community because of his savvy comedy and his bold comments about culture and race, his brother told The Post. Yeah, man, I mean, you guys got to use your heads, all right? People are desperate in these times. They don't care. They really don't care. All right. All right. And there are plenty of uh, stories of passport bros going overseas and uh, having an unfortunate end. Here's another one. 
it's getting wild out there. And it's been wild for these PP bros for a couple of years now. We keep seeing these stories in the headlines where these Americans go to these foreign countries and they get robbed or worse. And this article is an or worse situation. The Colombian authorities are investigating the mysterious death of Johnny Jerome, who was found in a jacuzzi. An American man identified as Johnny Jerome was found deceased in his Fair use, by the way. suite in Provincia Lofts on Tuesday morning in Medellin, Colombia. The victim had been in the country for two days to celebrate his birthday and went out with his cousin on Monday. They met two women while out and returned to the room with them around 3.30 a.m. The women left around 5.30. Jerome's cousin remained in the living room drinking while he went to sleep and then found him inside the jacuzzi in the morning. I still do not understand going to a foreign country on partying and then bringing random strangers back to your back to your place. So many of these people are being taken out simply because they are leading with with their with their ping, period. And the women of these countries know that they are being led with their ping. This is Johnny. I don't know what his motives were for taking these women back to his room, but he ultimately paid the price and hopefully his family. Uh, Man, they were trying to get easy sex. Now, am I saying all men who travel overseas are trying to get that? No. But the ones who are flashing this the most are the ones that are trying to get easy sex. That's basically it. They go overseas. They're not trying to go talk to a regular woman that they have in the States that will have want to get to know you better before they can trust you. All right? They're not looking for serious relationships. They're going to places where they can get the most easy play. And this ends up being the price. Sad to say. Here's another one. That's another thing, too. They come with these crazy, like, this dudes could be pushing almost 60, and they think being with a 21-year-old from another country or a 31-year-old from another country actually likes you. And they come from a poor country. You go in, and it's not even that. You go into parts of that country that is poor, and you think they're going to love you. He goes, well, I'm building a house in Jamaica and I've already put all this money into it. I'm like, yeah, and if she divorces you, how are you going to get possession of that house? You live in Canada. You work in Canada. Like, unless that's in your name, and I don't think you were smart enough to do that. But this man really, like, no offense to him, but he really thought this 35-year-old woman who he gets, who he sends money to every single week was marrying his dusty ass. Because I love my dad, but... 
my dad is a dusty. My dad didn't pay child support. My mom, or my mom struggled so much because of my father. And to sit back and listen to him. This is sad. This is really sad. Your daughter calling you a dusty. All right. That, that got to hurt you. And she's seen you make a bad decision like this in your age. In this old age that you are. Okay. Not understand that he's not a good partner and she didn't marry him because he's this attractive 54 year old man. She married him because he had money and she wanted money and he was willing to give money. And now that he's not, she doesn't want to be with him. And I'm sitting here going, I don't know what you expected. And it's going to be a rude awakening for all the men on these apps who are like, I want a traditional woman in another country. I want a woman in another country. I don't want a gold digger. I'm sorry. If you can't attract a woman here and keep a woman here who have lower standards than women in other cultures and other countries, good luck to you. Because like that woman, as soon as the money runs out, you're gone. Yeah, I mean, what what else can you say? She's not wrong because you go to these countries. I don't want a gold digger, but you're going to a country's Spanish, Muslim, African. Okay. Those people don't play. Middle East, they don't play. It's very patriarchal. They want a man. That's what they want. They want old school provision. If you can't provide for that, you better go somewhere else. Can't act loud with them either because the men in that country are very protected of the women. And they'll put you in a, in, a, in, a, in a body bag quick. Okay. All right. So. That's it I got for now. All right. That is the wrap up. So um, talk to you guys later. Like, share, comment, subscribe. I'm also on BitChute, TikTok, Spotify. That's about it. Once again, anything you want to know about the channel is in the description box. Like, share, comment. And subscribe. Let's get some conversations going. Conversations going in the comment section. Later.